How's everyone doing this morning? Excellent. Great. I'm glad that you're here today. If we have some guests visiting with us today, we always want to welcome you to Living Water. And not just the guests, but those of you that have been with us for a long, long time, we're glad you're here too. That's pretty cool, right? Uh, but if you are a guest visiting with us for the first time today, I would encourage you to grab one of the communication cards out in the seat back in front of you. Fill that out. If you have a prayer request or you want more information about Living Water, you can fill that out as well. And there's three tithe and offering boxes on the back walls. If you just want to drop it in one of those um, as the service concludes today, we would greatly appreciate that. I want to give you one very important announcement. And then, uh, as you can see up here, we've got the communion elements laid out today. We're going to be observing communion. But just a reminder for us to just prepare ourselves for that time today. Uh, but tonight at 6 p.m. is our actual, it's our annual Thanksgiving banquet um, and we're going to have these chairs will all be out. There will be tables set up. And we're going to do uh, a Thanksgiving dinner Texas style. Brisket, oh, 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 beef, right? <clears throat> and so and a little bit of pork in there too. But So uh, that's at 6 o'clock tonight. And if you want to come to that, you are welcome to come, even if you're a first-time guest today. Um, we we'll just believe that God will do the multiplication of the fish and the loaves, except brisket and pork butt, right? So we'll, we'll have enough. And so y'all come if you want to be here. It's at 6 p.m. Uh, but on the back table there, the resource table, there's a sign-up sheet. So if you are coming, you want to bring a side or something like that, you might just sign up there so we know kind of what to expect. Also, the financial guidelines that we will be presenting this evening for consideration for our next budget year um, are on that back table. If you want to grab a copy of those, look them over, um, and then we'll have that meeting tonight at 6 p.m., so it's very important. Okay, so we have gathered here today to worship God, and um, today we're going to observe communion. It's important for us. It's one of those observances that we uh, we're to observe until Christ returns, this and baptism. Um, and as we're preparing our hearts during the, the next song, as the, as the worship team leads us in the next song, I want us to reflect on two words, mercy and grace. Mercy is when God doesn't give us what we deserve. How many are grateful this morning for mercy? Because if we got what we deserved, we, we would be in a really, really bad place right now. But in the gospel, we, we understand that we're given God's mercy. His mercy has been poured out on us. And so I want us to reflect on his mercy. Secondly, I want us to reflect on his grace. Grace is basically God giving us what we don't deserve. And so we have this priceless inheritance in heaven for those who place their faith um, in the gospel. And God is a God of grace. And I'm so grateful for that as well. And so as you and I, um, as they pass out the elements for communion in a moment, as we sing this song, just let it be an opportunity for us to reflect on the mercy and the grace of God and prepare our hearts um, for a time of observing communion together. And so with that, let me, let me pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Thanks for the privilege that we have to come into your house and to worship you. Thanks for the privilege that we have to be reminded of the great sacrifice that was made on our behalf. Lord, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you for your mercy. God, we thank you that you don't give us what we deserve, but through the gospel you've given us hope. You've given us eternal life. And, Lord, you've given us this uh, inheritance that one day we will, uh, it'll all be real to us. And so, God, we thank you for your grace as well. And as we worship together, Lord, I pray that you would prepare our hearts, that you, Father, would just meet with us in this time, that it would be special. It wouldn't be just commonplace, something that we do, but we could just truly connect with you in an intimate way, Lord, as we continue to worship together and observe communion today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Sweet the 
thankful this morning for the amazing grace that is shown to us through the gospel and today as we come to this portion where we observe uh, the sacrifice that was made so that we can have that mercy and we can have that grace um, I'm grateful today for the sacrifice that Christ made for us Jesus on the night that he was betrayed he was in the upper room of the disciples and he says in the gospel of Luke I have eagerly longed to share this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins and in that meal, he would change the context of something that they've done many, many times before. And he would give the elements, the bread and the wine that they had at that supper, he would give them new meaning, fresh meaning that we still observe to this day. And he says, until the day that Christ returns again, we're to observe um, and remember the sacrifice of Christ. Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread, this bread that they had eaten many times, and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and he said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so as you take this cracker, let it remind you of the body of Christ that was broken and beaten on the cross for us today. Let me take Paul goes on, in the same way he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, with the blood that he had not yet spilled, but he would soon after. He said, It's confirmed with my blood. He says, Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. So as we drink this cup, let us remember the blood of Christ that was spilled on the cross for us. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, he says, you are announcing or you're proclaiming, you're remembering the Lord's death until he comes again. Are you thankful this morning for the sacrifice of Christ? Let's stand again and continue in worship this morning.
Amen. We serve a mighty God. Let's go to him in prayer this morning. God, we thank you for your presence that's here with us. God, we thank you for your amazing love for us as we've been reminded of as we uh, came to this communion table together today. God, thank you for loving us so much that while we were yet sinners, you gave your one and only son to die in our place. God, we thank you for the sacrifice that was made. God, we thank you for your presence that's here with us that fills this place and not only fills this place, but fills our hearts and our lives. God, we thank you that no matter where we go, no matter what we do, we cannot hide from your face, that you are always there, you are with us, and how amazing that is. Now, God, I pray this morning that as we open up your word together, we study your word together, that you would just prepare our hearts for what you have for each one of us today. God, I pray that you would help us to hear from you. God, as we see you through your word today, that you would reveal to us what you would have us to see. And God, I pray that we would be obedient to you and whatever you ask of us. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Well, good morning, Living Water. Good to see all of you here today. Glad that you came to worship with us. If you have your Bibles ready this morning, I would ask you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, the title of today's message is Give Thanks for Everything. Now hopefully by now you are all aware that this Thursday is what? Thanksgiving. If you weren't aware, now you are. So if you need to go buy all the food and prepare for your family that's coming in because you forgot, well, you've just been reminded. But this week is Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving is a time-honored tradition where we set aside a day of the year for which to be thankful. Now, Thanksgiving means different things to different people. For some, uh, Thanksgiving is a great day of feasting. You have the turkey, have the ham, the potatoes, the stuffing, the gravy, the pie. Anybody else getting hungry besides me? Homemade rolls, my mouth starting to water. Thinking of a day of great feasting. I love Thanksgiving. It is a day we get together with our family and we have lots of good food. And it's a day that we gobble till we wobble. You know, Thanksgiving is the one day out of the year that you can eat whatever you want, as much as you want, and nobody looks down on you. I love Thanksgiving. I love that time of year, the great feasting. For some, Thanksgiving is a break from work or a break from school. How many of you are excited about being out of school this week for Thanksgiving? Three of them. Oh, four, five. You'd think that would have got some cheers right there. How many of you are grateful that you're going to have some days off work this week for Thanksgiving? How many of you are sad that you got to work all week long? We'll pray for you guys. So Thanksgiving is a time where we can kind of set aside our normal routine, do some uh, different things, get out of the daily grind. Some people can't wait for Thanksgiving because it is the beginning of the Christmas shopping season. Anybody excited about that this year? Wow, one of you. That's more than we had in the early service. They were all lying. They're ready for it. I remember uh, back, you know, when the newspaper used to be delivered to your house. And inside the newspaper on Thanksgiving were all the sales ads. Remember that? Anybody remember that? And you'd go through all those sales ads and you'd see these nice color pictures. You'd go through and pick out the the stuff that you want and get ready to go shopping the next day. Now, I always hated the shopping the next day, but the looking through the sales ads was always kind of fun to see what was out there. So some people like the shopping. For some, Thanksgiving is all about the football games. Anybody like that? The non-stop, all-day-long football games. Now, I used to like that on Thanksgiving, but honestly, I quit watching the pro sports and for many different reasons. But when I did watch, you know, I had my favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. I hate to mention that here, but uh, they were. You know, I grew up watching them, and if I had to choose a favorite team in the NFL, that would still be them. Uh, But, you know, if I'm watching a game of people that I don't uh, know, I always like to root for the underdog. 
right? The one that you just know doesn't have a chance to win. Uh, This has nothing to do with football, but a couple weeks ago, uh, my wife and I were in Dallas and we were able to watch one of my son-in-laws who does uh, dirt track racing. And uh, there's a, a set of cars, wasn't the kind of car he races, it was a small car that goes around the track. Now this track was real rough because it had been raining all week and it had ruts in the track and it was rough on these little cars. But there was one car that was very slow. So much slower than the other cars. I mean, the other cars would come around the track and then it seemed like about 10 minutes later, here would come this one little car. And I found out something about my, my wife is she likes to root for the underdog too. And every time that little car would come by, the guy couldn't hear us, but she would sit there and go, go little car, go. And the track was so rough that, I mean, parts are flying off of these cars, so they would have to stop the race, and some guy would go out in his little tractor deal, and he would pick up all the parts off the track, and then they would start it back up. Well, she didn't realize what was happening, and she looked at me, she said, it is so nice of them to stop the race so that little guy can catch up. No, not what was happening. She liked the underdog. But football is a big thing on Thanksgiving. And I don't know if you've realized this or not, but football for some people is a big event. And they're like, they just love football. It's almost like they live for football. Heard a story of a young man who won ticket, a ticket to a Super Bowl game at his company Christmas party. And he was very excited to get to go to uh, the Super Bowl game. He'd never been to a pro football game, much less a Super Bowl game. And he was excited. And he gets there and he finds a seat. Well, it just happened to be the furthest seat up, as far back as you could get. And so he's getting a little bit discouraged because he was sitting there. He couldn't see anything that was happening on the field. So as the game started, the players started coming out on the field. He began to look for an empty seat that was closer. And he looks down and he sees an empty seat right down by the field in the middle of the field. He's like, hmm, wonder if anybody's sitting there. So he makes his way down and he gets down to the seat and there's an older gentleman that's sitting next to the empty seat. And he said, sir, is that seat taken? And the guy said, no, no one's sitting there, so you can have it if you want. Oh, that's great. So he goes in and he sits down. He's sitting there for a few minutes and turns to the older gentleman. He says, man, I cannot believe that somebody turned down such a great seat for this game. And the man looked at him. He said, well, that seat actually belongs to my wife. And we've been to every Super Bowl game the whole time that we've been married. Unfortunately, she just recently passed away. The young man said, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. A few minutes later, he asked the older gentleman, he said, did you even try to find somebody to come to the game with you? I figure you would have a relative or a close friend or somebody that would love to have this seat. And the older gentleman said, yes, I asked them all, but they all decided to go to the funeral today. (laughs) Some people are crazy about football, and that's what Thanksgiving is for them. Again, Thanksgiving means different things to many different people. But I wonder today, what does Thanksgiving mean to you? And I want you to think beyond the Thanksgiving holiday, and I want you to think about Thanksgiving every day. You see, I believe this, that for the Christian, that Thanksgiving is not a one-day event that we do every year, but Thanksgiving ought to be something that is a part of our life each and every day. When we think about what Christ did for us on the cross, when we think about the salvation that we received from him, when we think about all the blessings that God pours out into our lives each and every day, some of them that we recognize, some we don't recognize, but we know that God is at work. And when we think of those things, how can we not be thankful every day? So what does Thanksgiving mean to you? Now the word Thanksgiving means the expression of, of gratitude, especially towards God. Now, I know that that definition is absolutely true because this week I thought, I wonder what Google has to say about Thanksgiving. And you know if Google says it, it's right, right? So I typed in definition of Thanksgiving. And this is exactly what popped up on Google. The very first thing that I saw was this very definition that I already had that said Thanksgiving means the expression of gratitude, especially 
towards God. So it's got to be right, right? That's what thanksgiving is. It's an expression of gratitude towards God. Now, if we really want to know what it means to live a life of gratitude and a life of thanksgiving, I can't think of a better person to look to as an example than the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is responsible for writing almost half of the New Testament. And when you read through the Apostle Paul's writings in almost every book, if not every book, at some point he uses the word thanks or thanksgiving or thankfulness in some kind of way. And Paul was constantly encouraging the churches that he was writing to, encouraging the believers, and even encouraging us today to live a life of thanksgiving and a life of gratitude in all things. So I wonder, how how well do we do in that? Well, I don't have to look very far to know how well. Some of us do because I just look at myself. And I got to admit, sometimes it is very hard for me in certain circumstances, in certain situations, to have a thankful heart. Sometimes it's difficult for me to have an attitude of gratitude in certain times of my life. And so as I read through this passage and I I look at Paul's example, it is convicting to me to, to know that that is how we should live our life every day. Living a life of thanksgiving towards God in every way and knowing how many times I missed the mark in that. But Paul was a man who learned how to express thankfulness and gratitude in his life no matter what he was facing in life. And Paul was uh, constantly reminding the believers that he was writing to that you need to live a life of thanksgiving in every season. Every day, in every way. And that's what we're going to see in our passage this morning. Now in our passage today, Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. And if you looked at the verses prior to this, you would see that Paul has been encouraging the church to live as children of light in a world where people's minds are full of darkness because they have wandered far from God. And that is a message that we all need to be reminded of today, that we live in a world where people have wandered far from God and their minds are living in darkness because they are far from God. And we are called to be children of light. And as he's coming to a conclusion of that, he wants the the readers to know that they have a power inside of them and that they can live by the Spirit's power in their life. How are we children of light? It's through the power of God that is working through us and him living through us and so he gets to this part of the passage beginning in verse 15 where he says so be careful how you live don't live like fools but like those who are wise make the most of every opportunity in these evil days don't act thoughtlessly but understand what the Lord wants you to do don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So notice what he says here. He says, don't live like fools, but make the most of every opportunity. Know what God wants you to do in your life. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Worship together with the singing of songs and hymns. And give thanks for some things to God the Father. One of you caught it. Give thanks to what? All things. Give thanks to everything. Now, I really would have been okay with this passage had he said, give thanks for some things... The things that go good in your life, give thanks for those. The things that are pleasing to you in your life, give thanks for that. Give thanks to God for those things, but you know the other things that you don't like, and it's okay not to give thanks for those. That's not what he says. He says, give thanks to God for everything in your life. How well are you doing in that? I've already confessed my part of that. How well are you doing? 
Can you say that you live a life of thanksgiving in this kind of way that in all things I have learned to give thanks to God? No matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance, in all things I have learned to be thankful in my heart. Now, as we think about that this morning and what that means to our lives, I'm going to give you uh, three things for us to consider about what uh, Thanksgiving looks like, how that is, what it's not. And then at the end, I'll give you some applications of how we can apply this to our life. So the first thing that I want us to consider this morning is that man is not basically thankful by nature. Thankfulness is a learned behavior. Man is not basically thankful by nature. Thankfulness is a learned behavior. What do I mean by that? Well, thanksgiving or thankfulness or gratitude is not a feeling or an emotion. And therefore, thanksgiving is not always a natural response for us. Give you a couple of illustrations here. How many of you have children? Raise your hand. So when your children are young, you want to teach them how to be polite, and you want to teach them how to say thank you when somebody does something for them or gives them something, right? Hopefully you did that with your children. And so what I discovered as a parent, when you go to teach your child to say thank you, it is a work in progress. They don't immediately just pick it up. As a matter of fact, sometimes you do something for them or you give them something and you say, what do you say? And they look at you, and they start to turn and go, no, what do you say? And you have to work with them till they get to the point where they say, thank you, right? It's not natural for them to say thank you. It is a learned behavior. You have to teach them how to do it. I'm reminded of a story of a young boy who was visiting his grandmother, and his grandmother set down a piece of pie in front of him. And he looked up at her, and he said, thank you. And she said, oh, that just blesses my heart so much to hear you say thank you. And that is so polite. And he looked at her and he said, if you really want to be blessed, give me a bigger piece of pie. (laughs) Thanksgiving is not natural. It is a learned behavior. And sometimes it is easier than other times to be thankful. Would you agree with that? Sometimes it's, it's easy for us to go, oh, yeah, thank you. I like that. Sometimes not so easy. Think about this. If you have a teenager, and that teenager is making poor choices, and you decide that that teenager needs to be punished for making those poor choices, and today it is easy, there's so much stuff that you can take away from them to get them to think about it, so you decide that you're going to take their cell phone away. I can almost promise you that when you take that cell phone away, you are not going to hear the words, thank you. It is not a natural response for us to be thankful, especially in that kind of situation, right? Now, for all you teenagers here, if you're getting punished by your parents and they decide to take your cell phone away, you really want to blow their mind? Look at them and say, thank you. I realize that that cell phone is a privilege that I have. And because I have messed up, I gladly give you my cell phone for my punishment for however long you decide. And here's what will happen. You will use that cell phone immediately to call 911. (laughs) Because CPR will be necessary for your parents. So, but it's not a natural response for us in everything that we go through in every situation to be grateful or to be thankful. What about this? We go to a restaurant. And when we go to a restaurant, we're paying for service, right? And we expect a certain level of service. But our server that day is not on their A game. And sometimes when that happens, it is very difficult for us to be thankful. Why? Because we have expectations and those expectations aren't being met. And sometimes when those expectations in our life aren't being met, it is hard for us to be grateful and to be thankful. But Paul reminds us, as he reminded the church, be thankful in all situations. Even though it goes beyond your nature, even though it's not what you would naturally do, learn how to do this in your life. Learn how to be thankful in all things, not just some things, but in everything. Have a grateful 
attitude, a thankful attitude. So, the first thing is that man is basically not thankful by nature, but thankful is a learned behavior. The second thing that we need to think about this morning is that thanksgiving is not determined by the circumstances in our lives. Thanksgiving is not determined by the circumstances in our lives. I will be thankful if. If this happens, I'm good. I will give thanks. I will have a grateful attitude if this happens. But if this does not happen, if the circumstances in my life don't go the way that I think they should go, then I am not going to be grateful. Gratefulness and thankfulness is not determined by the circumstances in our life. There are going to be times in your life where you do not feel like being thankful or grateful because of the situation or the circumstance you find yourself in. But Paul doesn't say, in certain situations, be grateful. He says, in everything, have a thankful heart. Giving thanks to God in everything. You know, I am sure that there were times in Paul's life that he did not feel like giving thanks. I wonder if Paul felt like giving thanks the five times that he was beaten almost to death. I wonder if Paul felt like giving thanks when he was beaten with a rod three times. I wonder if Paul felt like giving thanks on the times that he was shipwrecked. I wonder if Paul felt like giving thanks for all the times that he ended up in prison or in chains because of the work that he was doing spreading the gospel. I wonder if Paul in his life always felt like giving thanks, but I remind you this morning that thanksgiving is not a feeling. Thanksgiving is anything but a feeling. It is a learned behavior. I wonder what his response would be if we were to ask him today, Paul, you're constantly encouraging the followers of Christ to be thankful in all things. Were there times in your life where you did not feel like giving thanks? Were there times in your life where you just struggled giving, your, giving thanks as you followed God? And I believe that his response would go something like this. I have learned that thankfulness is not a feeling. And I have learned, as I wrote to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, to be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I think Paul, to summarize that, would be saying to us that I recognize that God is still on his throne, that God is in control of my life, and no matter what circumstance I go through in life, it did not catch God by surprise. He is very well aware of it, and I can trust him. You know, when we realize that we can trust God in every circumstance and every situation in our life, it becomes easier for us to be thankful no matter what the circumstance. And just as Paul learned to be thankful in all things, he encourages us to learn to be thankful in all things. I'm reminded of the story of Paul and Silas that's found in Acts chapter 16. In verses 16 through the end of the chapter, you can go there and, and read this story. But Paul and Silas were out preaching, they were out praying, they were out telling people about Jesus. They were doing the ministry that God had called them to do. And one day there was a young slave girl who began to follow them and began to call out everywhere that they went that these men are here to tell you about Jesus. Now first that doesn't sound like a bad thing because that's what they were there to do. But this slave girl was demon possessed and she was doing it as a distraction. She was mocking them for what they were doing and she was following them every day. Finally, one day, Paul had had enough, so he turned around and he cast this demon out of this young slave girl. Now, the problem with casting out this demon was that this demon gave this young girl the ability to tell the future. And because she had the ability to tell the future, she was making her owners very wealthy because they were using this for their gain. And so now that the demon has been cast out of this girl, she is no longer able to make money for these masters. So these masters get upset. They're upset with Paul and Silas. So scripture tells us that they drug Paul and Silas down to the city square. 
And they get down there and they drag them before the city leaders. And the city leaders determined that Paul and Silas need to be beaten and thrown into prison. And so Scripture tells us that that night, without a trial, they were severely beaten and they were sent to jail. And the prison guard was told to make sure that you put them somewhere where they cannot escape. And so the prison guard takes them to the, to the lowest part of the prison, to the deepest part, the darkest part. And he locks them up and he puts shackles on their feet so that there is no way that they can escape. So how do you think Paul and Silas responded to this treatment? I mean, they've been severely beaten for doing what God has called them to do. And now they are thrown into the deepest part of the jail cell where it's dark and cold and they've got shackles on their feet. They can't move. They've got all these sores on them now from being beaten. What do you think they did? Well, I know how I would respond in that situation. Once I got there and got all shackled up and was sitting down, I'd be crying out to God saying, God, this is not fair. God, I do not deserve this. God, I've been out doing what you have called me to do, and this is how I'm treated. This is just not right. And I would have been licking my wounds, and I would have been crying out, and I would have been complaining, grumbling. I would have been looking at the worst of the situation. I say that because I know how I am. But that's not how Paul and Silas responded. As a matter of fact, in Acts 16, verses 25 through 28, it says around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. What? They've just been beaten. They're in prison. And at midnight, they're praying and they're singing hymns to God. And other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself! We are all still here. The natural response would be to complain about the situation and the circumstances. But Paul's natural response was, We're going to have church. And we're going to sing. And we're going to pray. And they began singing and praying, and it says all the prisoners around were hearing them. I wonder if any of them started joining in, going, this is crazy. This is not a natural response to this circumstance in this situation. And yet that's what Paul did, and, and the earthquake happens, the chains fall off, and the cell doors fly open. Now that's a sign to me, get up and go, right? No, that wasn't what God wanted. And the jailer looks up and he sees all the doors open. He's ready to kill himself. And in the middle of this worship service, in the middle of this church service, Paul begins to preach. He says, don't go anywhere. He said, but let me tell you this. The sermon was short. The sermon was simple. Believe in Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And not just you, but you and your household. And that night, that jailer received Christ as his Lord and Savior, and they went to his house. Paul and Silas went and told his family the same message. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. And that night, his entire household was saved. What a message. Our circumstances don't determine whether we're thankful or not. We are thankful in all things because we trust God. We know that God is in control. And we know that God is up to something even bigger than what we can see. The third thing is this. True thankfulness helps us keep the right perspective. True thankfulness helps us to keep the right perspective. It is easy for me to get discouraged in life when I don't have true thankfulness to God in my heart. Why does Paul tell us to give thanks for everything? Because when we are giving thanks to God for everything, it is then that we begin to have an eternal focus. And we are reminded 
that the things that we go through aren't just for the here and now, but God is doing a work that's going to last for all of eternity. And sometimes we don't understand it right now. Sometimes we don't see the big picture right now. But when we keep our focus on God, it keeps us with an eternal perspective, knowing that God is up to something. I wonder that night when Paul and Silas were thrown into jail, do you think that they knew that something great was going to happen in that jail cell? No. I don't think they knew what was going to go on. Did, did they know that night when they were thrown in that jail cell that a revival was going to take place and that a jailer was going to be saved and that his whole household was going to be saved? No, I don't think they knew that at all. Did they know that night that they were going to be having a baptism service where that jailer and his family, all of them would be baptized together and they would be able to celebrate that together? No, they didn't know that at all. But what Paul knew was to do what was natural for him to do, and that was to give thanks to God, praising him in every circumstance, in every situation, and trusting, trusting that God somehow is going to work all this together because God somehow works all things together for the good, for those that love him. Paul knew that. He didn't just preach it. He believed it. And he lived it. And he was an example for us in our lives. So what is the application for us today? How can this apply to my life today? Well, if Thanksgiving is not a feeling, but it is a learned behavior that it's natural for us to ask ourselves, how can I have this kind of thanksgiving in my life every day that Paul encourages us to have? And in order for us to learn a behavior, the best thing that we can do is to practice that behavior. So I'm going to give you some practical things to do to help us to develop the behavior of thanksgiving in our lives. How do we develop this every day? How does this work for us? And I would encourage you to do something. I would encourage you to write these things down. These are just a few things. Uh, if you don't have something to write them down on, you can take one of the communication cards out of that seat back that's in front of you. Write them down. Um, we'll replace the cards. Not a big deal. And it would be something to take these and write them down and to post them somewhere so that every day we're reminded of how to live a life of thanksgiving. And for parents, if you were to take these things and you post them, what a testimony that is to your kids. What are those? What is that? That's what we're practicing in our life. So that we can have a heart of thanksgiving as Scripture calls us to have. So here's the first thing. Thank God daily for the people that He has placed in your life. Thank God daily for the people that He has placed in your life. That would be family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, Whoever it is, whatever people God has placed in your life, thank God daily that he has placed those people in your life. You know, I am certain this day that when Paul went to prison, he was glad that he had Silas with him. And I'm sure that Silas was grateful that Paul was with him in prison. I heard uh, that it's no greater friend that you can have than one that would go to prison with you. Uh, Shane told me this after the last service. I don't know how he learned this, but apparently there was a, a guy that came in that was in jail, and the jailer came to him and said, hey, there's a friend of yours that's here to see you. And he says, that's no friend of mine, because if he was a friend of mine, he'd be in here with me. I don't know if that's true or not, but, but thankful for the people that are around us. Thankful for those that God has placed in our life. And you might say, well, that, that's easy. There are some people that I am certainly thankful that God has placed in my life. But there are some people that I have a real hard time thanking God for. Do you have people in your life like that? If you're sitting next to them, don't nudge them. But sometimes we have those people that are difficult, that are in our lives every day. And sometimes we don't know how to deal with those people. Well, let me challenge you to pray for them and to thank God that he has placed them in your life. Because I remind you of this, Jesus in Matthew chapter 22 was asked an important question, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But the second one is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. 
And that neighbor there includes all the people that God has placed in our life. And they're there for different reasons. But, but you don't know what they've done to me. You don't know the problems that they create in my life. Well, remember what Romans 5, 3 through 6 says. It says we can rejoice too when we run into problems. Sometimes those problems are people that are around us. And he goes on to say we can rejoice if we have trials in our life. Sometimes the trials that are in our life are because of people around us. For we know that those problems and those trials help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Could it be that some of the difficult people that are in our lives are there for God to use to help us grow, to help us learn, to help us remember the hope that we have through Him? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying surround yourself by people that are a problem in your life. As a matter of fact, there might be some people in your life you need to separate yourself from, and that is okay. But we need to be thankful to God every day for people that He has placed in our life. And then secondly, thank God for our trials and difficulties. I don't know if you've realized this or not, but we're going to have trials and difficulties in our life. We're going to have days that we're just going to sit back and go, I don't understand what is going on. We're going to have days that sometimes will just break our hearts. But we need to even be thankful in those trials and difficulties in our life. James 1 verses 2 through 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Thirdly, thank God every day for his wonderful gift of salvation. I think sometimes in our Christian life, we we begin to take salvation for granted. And it's good for us, like times this morning, when we share communion together, to be reminded of the cost of that salvation. That we have a Father who loves us so much that He was willing to give His one and only Son to take our place on the cross. Where we should have died, He died for us. And through His stripes, we are healed. Through His stripes, we are made whole. Salvation comes only from God, not anything of yourself, so that no one can boast. Ephesians 2, 8-9 through 9 says, God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Every day we need to be reminded. And we need to be thankful and grateful for the cost of our salvation. And that God has freely given that to us. And then finally, thank God for his continued power in our lives. Thank God for his continued power in our lives. Listen, when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. And that Holy Spirit gives us power and strength as we face each day. The Holy Spirit reminds us of the hope that we have through Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is God working in us every day. He never leaves us and he does not forsake us. Philippians 2.13 says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. God is continually at work in us. His power is alive and well in us. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then the power of God is in you. And He gives us the ability to live every day with thankful hearts. And let me tell you this. A thankful heart is a contagious heart. Just like a complaining heart is a contagious heart. It doesn't take very long. You get around a group of people and you start complaining. Guess what? Somebody else is going to chime right in on that complaining. But if you get around a group of people and you have a thankful heart, it is just as contagious. And our world needs that kind of contagious attitude 
in every day, everywhere we go. Thankful heart. How's your heart today? Do you have the thankful heart that Paul is encouraging us to have in every situation? You may say, you know, there's some things, it's easy, but there are things I'm struggling with. Well, let me challenge you today. Those things that you're struggling with, lay them at the feet of Jesus and watch what he does. Take them to him in prayer. Say, God, today, I need you to help me in this. God, today, I want to have a thankful heart in everything. Let's pray together. As you bow your head and close your eyes this morning, I want us to take just a moment here and let's spend some time with God and ask God, God, what do you want me to see today through your word? What do you want me to receive from this message today? Maybe today you can't give thanks for the salvation that comes through Christ because you've never received that. And God's speaking to your heart and he's drawing you to himself. Would you let today be that day of salvation? Would you trust him to be your Lord and Savior? And just say to him, yes, Lord. Today I trust you. Today I place my life in your hands. Today I surrender my life to you. Maybe right now it's one of those times where you need to say, God, there's this area in my life I struggle with being thankful in. God, today, right now, I just lay that at your feet. God, would you work in my heart in this area? God, I thank you again today for your wonderful love for us. God, I pray that you would forgive me for the many times that I don't have that grateful and thankful heart. But God, I pray that that's an area that you would work in my life, that God, you would reveal to me in areas that I'm, I'm not thankful and you would help me to become thankful in all things. God, help me to remember each and every day to be thankful, no matter what I'm going through, no matter if it's a good day or a bad day, to be reminded of who you are. And the salvation that comes through your son, Jesus Christ, and what he did for me on the cross. God, help me to keep my focus on you and to remember that the things of this world are only temporary, that there is eternity to come. God, help, help me to be thankful in all things. God, would you just speak to our hearts today? And God, help us to be obedient to you in whatever area you lead us in, whatever you're calling us to do. Help us to be obedient and just say, yes, Lord. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.